bottom of the Smash Mountain, season two, episode 14, BKB ain't nothing F with. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jesse and or Cypher and or Cypher and Jesse. You get it. <laughs> and welcome to another episode. And I'm so happy to be joined by Shoopies today, a.k.a. Sean, a.k.a. Ron, a.k.a. BKB, a.k.a. Austin Melee. Sean is a big contributor in all of these things, and I'm very excited for you to hear this interview. I won't waste too much more of your time because we have a lot to go, but there is something that you should know that I was surprised by. <laughs> Sean was, oh, you know what? It's actually better if I just say, you, you will find out with me as we talk why Sean is so relaxed. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Hope you enjoy the interview. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Shoopies, a.k.a. Sean, who is a beloved contributor to all things Austin Melee and more that we're going to get into. Shoopies, Sean, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, what's going on, Cypher? It's Sean. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> It's so cool to have There's you an on. intro. Um, <laughs> I'm going to immediately go on a tangent. There's an intro that a New England legend who now lives somewhere in California named Squibble, Theo Landegger, used to get on commentary every single time and go, Hey, everybody, it's Squibble. So I stole the bit, but now I just do it and nobody remembers Squibble doing it. I'm so glad that you feel the need and moral obligation to give credit to Squibble because you could have just rolled with it. I would have not noticed. I don't think a whole lot of people would have noticed. I mean, maybe Patty's listening to this and going, fucking Sean's stealing Squibble's bit. <laughs> but I, y yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that Patty's listening. This is important stuff. Shout out to Austin Melee, but... It's not just the fact that you help out with that sort of stuff. I wanted to start at the beginning, if you don't mind, and ask you about your Melee beginnings, or even further back if you want to. Take us back to the beginning of Sean and roll from there. All right. So basically, I mean, the Melee beginnings were I was just friends with Patty. I don't do this. Like, right when this episode started, a stink bug was just on the floor. Now it just... Smells like a stink bug in my room. But, so me and Patty were just friends. Uh, he was in bands, and we were in a band when I was in, like, eighth grade. We just chilled, and we played some Smash Bros here and there. And then when I was, like, a senior in high school, he was just like, oh, I'm going to throw this Smash tournament every week in this one location, in this place where I had been to, like, baby showers before and stuff. It was, like, a big function hall above a private bar where you can still smoke cigarettes. It's pretty rad. So he was like, I'm going to do this tournament. And I'm like, all right, dude, for sure. I'll help you carry TVs and all that shit, and we'll hang out. And then that is just my mom won. And then from there, we just continued playing Melee. <laughs> and that was uh, probably... I actually have the date of my mom, too, because there is a crew battle. Um of my high school, Pentucket, versus Amesbury High School. And uh, it's on my mom, too. On the same day, I got all four of my wisdom teeth taken out. And I still took, like, five stocks in the crew battle. 
Let's go, Sean. <laughs> the pistachio peach pioneer. Sh- Sean, a.k.a. Ron. But yeah, are you letting the people know today. as you go? Or are you can't even talk because you have four wisdom teeth that are just going, ah, I'm out of your mouth. No, I was doing commie. It's, so basically what happened is we threw the first one and then it went pretty well and it was fun. And then I got the surgery to take them all out the next week on the Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? I don't really feel that bad. I'm not like that swollen or anything. I didn't get all loopy or whatever. So I just went to the tournament uh, with an ice pack. I'm pretty sure I did commentary. I think I just hung out. Definitely was probably bumming by the end of the night because that shit hurts. For the first hour, I felt like, surgery? What surgery? But then the drugs wore off and I was going, ow, ow, ow. So I I understand your pain with the wisdom teeth removal. Shoutouts to wisdom teeth. On the next step you're going this is fun mmom is fun which is make money off melee i i do remember that now <laughs> but yeah when you were when you were in the high school realm and going out of high school and into the adulting world how close was melee to your heart at this time were you still trying to go to events that patty was running and helping run them yourself all right so that first my mom was like april of my senior year so like we pretty much, and that was the first tournament I ever went to. He went to the first tournament in like March or something, and was like, "Oh, this is rad! I want to do this." Uh, so like, yeah, I was fucking full bore into melee. I like even went to, uh, I was going to tournaments so much in the city of Boston, my hometown's like thirty miles north, that I uh, went to a different community college because I was going to go to community college either way. So I was like, "Fuck it! I'll go to the one closer to all the tournaments." And, like, that was pretty cool. Bunker Hill Community College, shout out. I didn't get, like, I think I ended up with, like, two credits from that school. I just played Melee the whole time. Hung out. <laughs> <laughs> two credits. But but uh, during that, ex- that same time, I bought a gaming PC and started running the stream of my mom. I ran the stream first of this one tournament called The Foundry, I think, and uh, held at a restaurant called El Tair in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Check it out. They have upstairs area where they just let us host a tournament, and they have really good food. They have, like, fucking pepperoni plates with, like, uh, the crew, whatever, you know, the crout, is that what it is? I, I haven't been there, so I'll have to check it out. The crunchy bread. The round crunchy bread. Either Pita way. bread? No, 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 like the really small one. Uh, yeah, you yeah. would put like, um, where you put like the tomato and the mozzarella and a little... Oh, yes, cracker. I know what you're talking about. I can picture it very clearly in my head, but yeah. that's my problem. I remember things visually, not name-ually. I, I can't remember names. That place. I ran the stream for that place. Awesome. And that was pretty... There was a tournament, like it was a one-time thing for this uh, company. That was making a video game called Bare Hand. And so I ran that stream. That was fun. So I started running the Mamam stream. Got like a layout made. Um, right after Genesis 6. Was Genesis 6 the revival one? Could like not tell you. Either way. We, we were full bore. I, I saw a tournament that used head-to-head setups. So we had... on this. There was a stage at the Mamam venue. 
So on the stage of the Maman venue, we had uh, head-to-head giant Trinitrons that were like you had your own setup with game audio headsets, and then one facing like another giant Trinitron facing out towards the crowd, so everyone could watch. And then the commentary was just seated like five feet away from the players talking into a, a blue Yeti mic. So you could just hear everything they were saying. That's why I had the game audio. That is so that very was like cool. The, the vibe of my mom was super sweet. You went on the head-to-head setups. Like, there were people yelling. If you wanted to put the headsets on, you could. But if you didn't, like... Like, ah... Uh, I wonder if Patty told the story, but either there was a set between two guys. I can't remember either of them. I think one of them might have been Stuss. Either way, it was winners round one. And then for some reason, like every, there's probably like 40, 50 people in the venue and everyone just became invested in the match. Maybe Rocco was on. That's another player that just came to my mind. Uh, but it just became like the hypest match ever. And then whoever won, like kind of, you know, you get a little pop off. Everyone was kind of hype about it. Just winners round one at like 7.05 PM. Like that was just kind of the mom thing. It's really cool to hear about that vibe that was special about MMOM specifically. And that's all mostly organized by Patty as I understand it. But you were helping out too and helping getting these special setups put on because that is a bit of a unique thing i don't i wouldn't know because i haven't gone to any locals or tournaments yet rip but i Uh think that the head-to-head setup like it just sort of brings that extra special like setting for a tournament and even if it's even if it's the local that's part of what makes it unique as compared to going to a gigantic venue for a major or a super major yeah and the head-to-head it was you're up elevated like four feet or three feet on a stage, like lit pretty well. And then there's a giant TV projecting your game. So like, and it's the stream setup and you can hear the commentary. They're right in front of you. So it was like, like it was a pretty casual, fun tournament, but people, a lot of people didn't like going on stream because you, it's, it's a lot. This is pretty intense because you're really the center of attention for like everybody. And if you start fucking up, everyone's going to see it and probably Get a war machine, Jesse, grown working man, 420. He's probably going to yell something. He's probably going to get a laugh, you know? <laughs> it was a really good time, honestly. My mom was awesome. And we run, uh... yeah, so Patty basically ran, like, the melee part. Like, he ran the whole thing. It was his tournament. But, I mean, obviously, we just hung out all the time and always went to the tournament. So I was like, oh, dude. I'll buy this, like, I bought the PC to stream it, and I bought these, like, wacky assortment of splitters and powered things so that I could make the game display well and to the stream. And I made it, like, upscaled to 1080p. Like, it was a whole fucking contraption. I'm hearing hearing all of these investments that you're making, but didn't we just have the... Didn't we just have the Alston Melee bender where part of the whole thing was to get Alston Melee all set up? It oh, sounds dude, like you're in... kind of hoarding some resources over there. Not to not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> this is in 2015, dude. I was in the the prime pizza delivery days. I had nothing to spend money on except for melee gear if I wanted. 
Thank you for contextualizing. That makes a ton more sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes it. That I makes was a ton more straight sense. out of high school, and I was just living at home, and I like delivered pizza all the time. Oh, I remember Saturday. those days. Yeah. Just guapped up. Just had a ton of cash on me all the time. When you don't have rent to pay, you don't even know what healthcare is. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was incredible. So yeah, I just did all that, and then it was like a pretty. I think it was in the probably hypest tournament in New England in general. Not the biggest one because not all the best players would come because it was hard to get there from public transport. But like, people wanted to come, and the stream was pretty fun. That was another thing is that because I ran the stream, I would just sit on commentary for like four or five hours. <laughs> and like, And people would come and bounce in and out because I would be sitting there updating the stream all day. So like I would just be – and we had a couch. So it was just me on a couch on the computer and I'd just bring the mic over because nobody was sitting on commentary. And then other people would come bounce in, come talk. So if you go on the Amesbury Melee YouTube channel, there are hours of me just talking shit on top of Melee. Like, I'm not talking about Melee at all. I'm just talking about whatever. So this was 2015-ish, if I'm understanding correctly. That also means that it that was around the time that Smash Summits first started to become a thing. I believe the first Smash Summit was held in 2015 without looking it up. I'll I'll risk sounding like an idiot, but I believe that was the year that they first introduced that with the couch commentary. Did you feel like they were doing some research on MMOM and going, <laughs> you know, this Sean guy's got it all down. All we have to do is steal it and make it look like it was our idea. No, I was actively... Um, shit, how am I not going to remember the guy's name? The guy that produced the Scar and Tove show at that time, Spencer. I would prod him for advice. That's a big thing that uh, I think Patty said it like during one of the first tournaments and just kind of I just internalized it because he said it. And I was like, oh, it's a good idea. He was like, dude, just ask everyone everything. Like just like if you lose, just ask why you lost. So I just did that. And then with streaming, I just did that. Like if I, just, I saw the dude streaming, I just DM'd him on Twitter and I was like, hey, dude, how do I fix this? And you were coming with a specific question as compared to, so how do you, like, stream, you know? Oh, all yeah, like, I was talking about, like, if I'm going to upscale this, like, what's the encode? Like, like really, and it just made no sense, I bet. I was just talking shit. It was really fun. So who would you try to get into an MMOM, like the prime MMOM days? If you could magically make a top player appear, who would you pick? Somebody from the New England melee scene or broad like a like a broader like the whole world if you could pick one I, player. I mean it's I mean Mango, but it's funny to think now. Mango's always the answer, of course. Like seriously. Mango out of my mom, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. There's a bar downstairs, like connected to the venue. You can go through the back stairs into the bar. If you're twenty one, then they're cool with it. One, you can smoke cigarettes in there. Two, you can pay five dollars and they'll give you a full size beer and a shot of your choice. It's so like, yeah, mango. <laughs> but <laughs> just have him on uh, the couch with you for the whole evening. He doesn't even have to play. He could just be on the mic with you and just talk about. <laughs> I don't. Dude, I've mango. never heard of this player before in my life. That'll be like the intro to every single set for the whole night. 
<laughs> Mango would get shit faced out of a mob. It would be super funny. I'm trying to think of uh, of top player because, I mean, it's weird to think now that Crush is like this big, but I mean he showed up all the time. Of course, he's from around here. Zoso came a few times. Zoso's far as shit though. Like Thorn came all the time. Like we got a lot of the top New England players. I think. That's very cool. I actually did not know, or I don't think I know really anything about Crush other than the meme of just randomly disappearing. Like that very famous interview where he goes, I have this rule where I can't talk about myself or actually, you know what? I just realized I can't do this anymore. That's pretty much all I know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I haven't seen that. And he no, just walks uh... out of the interview and the person who he's, who the person who's interviewing him literally doesn't know what to say he's just sort of like <laughs> laughing <laughs> like awkwardly like you know he's getting left hung and dry he doesn't know what to do it was <laughs> <laughs> that's really good oh another big thing so all right we're shooting through 2015 rules melee is awesome beginning of 2016 pound 2016 is getting ready to go on because uh once his face came back and paid everybody so we're cool to do the tournament again. <laughs> That's a funny narrative to me. But so, <coughs> so Pound's back on. So we travel to Pound in a car, Patty's mom's car. I drive all the way down to Virginia from Massachusetts. You got a car full of gamers, Bonk Cushy's there. This gamer yet. Uh you know, some good New England homies. Shook Shook was definitely in that car actually. Pre Alston Melee. And uh, Pound 2016 was just a huge New England, like, formation moment for some reason. As a region, that was a big meme. We were trying to improve as a region. We just wanted to get good so New England wasn't the shit region. And then Pound 2016 is, like, when we did it. Because Infinite Numbers made his legendary ninth place run and beat Mac D and, like, Mike Hayes and uh, somebody else, I think. Leffen, probably. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, sure. You're you're naming Le- Leffen last and, and kind of making it sound like, uh, this Leffen person, probably. No, probably he, didn't, he didn't beat Leffen. He didn't beat Leffen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but I know he beat a lot of good people. Oh, absolutely. He, yeah, those are good names. He got ninth, and it was a crazy moment. And a bunch of other people showed out, too. But it was just a big... Uh, beginning of new england showing up to majors and being the obnoxious crowd again yeah because that was going to be one of my things it seems like east coast in general tends to be big mouths talking all the smack and i was wondering from your own perspective where new england and massachusetts sort of lands in terms of new york and florida all over the east coast I guess M- MDVA, you get it. Who's got the best smack talk? No, um, I think it, New York is different. People in New York, I don't, I haven't been to a bunch of New York tournaments at all, but I feel like people in New York are probably just, in general, more like yelly and aggressive. Which like people in New England really or Boston, don't really get yelly. People are just kind of like, like bitchy, here. Which is cool. 
like they're just like uh like nitpicky i guess is a better way people are just like complaining about seeding all the time and like wait i miss a, i forgot the question sorry i'm is it cool to say that i'm very high right now <laughs> wait, maybe you could say you're allegedly on it's some a part vitamins. of my brand i'm in massachusetts i'm 24 Oh, word? Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but all those things are true. It's not part of my brand, though. But <laughs> <laughs> um, New England shit talk, uh, it kind of is basically New Hampshire shit talk because it's basically just Jesse. Just get a war machine. He's just really funny. And like uh, Glock and my Toyota also. It's just people that are really funny. That's what you need for good shit talk in New England. Like, we don't want to be aggressive or whatever. You just want... Because the whole crowd is going, Yeah! Fucking, let's go! And, like, just someone to get a big laugh out of the crowd is like, Yeah, you got him. Jesse's really good at that. Get a war machine, I keep saying. Uh, that sounds like it takes... Toyota. That sounds like it takes a lot of extra talent, though, because you're not only trying to make a crowd laugh, they're not really concentrating on you. That feels really different than just doing stand-up where there's an expectation for you to entertain, but maybe that's part of the easiness of it simultaneously. You're not the focus, so it's easier to do that sneak up, oh, haha, that was really hilarious sort of a moment while we're all supposed to be watching Melee. I think it's harder and it's worse when you flop because then you set somebody else up because like, somebody will just scream, like, <clears throat> like Jesse was be like, ah, and, like, it'll get a laugh or something. And then someone else will scream something else, and he'll be like, nice one, like, idiot. <laughs> like, And that'll get a big laugh. You're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, I should have just said anything. <laughs> I think it's, it's, but it's just like, it's all in good fun, obviously. Everyone's just having a big laugh. This is basically uh, what I'm referencing here in my head, is the famed, infamous, whatever you want to call it, Ghetto War Machine 420 versus Ross and Kage. $100 money match at the final my mom. I think it was at Ghetto War Machine's birthday celebration where it, it was just the crowd I think got to Ross and he just, he just didn't have a great showing. And that was a big I mean everyone was getting big laughs. It was a really good time. But everyone was kind of like oh my god let's we gotta stop this. Is that somewhere on YouTube that I can try and find it? Oh, I'm sure. I'll send you a link after this. Yeah, I'll find cool. it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. When was the final mamam? Um, so there's been like three final mamams. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> so like, they just, they just keep happening because the fucking the venue is 125 dollars to rent. So like, <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, we didn't have Ethernet upstairs. We're in the upstairs, just a function hall, and it's super old. Amesbury is super, like, hokey, just people. So there was no Ethernet upstairs, so we're like, yo, we need Ethernet. Um, so they ran a just, we just, I just bought a 100-foot cable, and they just ran it from their router, like, plugged it outside, out the window, up a story, into the window upstairs, and then I taped that to the floor and would run it all the way across the venue into my computer. And that's still there. <laughs> <laughs> like, right now, I still live in Merrimack. It's a town away from Amesbury. And uh, it's still there. Do you just go back once a month or so, you know, safely, just to go, yep, 
still here waiting for the return of the next final MMOM. Dude, I see it play like my any, the, one of the last of my moms. I don't remember which last one it was. But me and Patty had to go early the day before to set up a bunch of TVs, and the people at the bar were like, "Oh, there's a thing going on upstairs. Wait till they're done, and then go up." And then we waited, and we're like, "Fuck this." Let's go upstairs and see what they're doing and see if we can just do it around them. And it was my sister playing cornhole. So, like, that's the kind of function hall it is. They're just playing bag toss upstairs and stuff above a bar. And then we just put a bunch of tables and TVs out there. So, I just drive past it sometimes. It's a bar. It's just near my town. So there's been like three or so final MMOMs. Well, I hope that there's another final one that in the future, safely, that I will also safely be able to attend just because I feel like that's the quintessential Alston Melee experience that they tried to emulate with the Bender. And I'll keep teasing that because we're not there yet. I wanted to hear your own perspective on how you since, how you have since getting out of high school and you're probably mostly done with the college stuff. Is that correct? I graduated. I have a job and shit. All right, let's go. Now that you're done with all of that, how has Melee continued to stay in your life? Like, why are you still interested in Melee despite the fact that you have gotten to the point where in life people go, you still do the video game stuff? And you say, yes, I am indeed still doing the video game stuff. No, I flex it. Uh, let's go because it's not uh, because one we have it's we're like cool it's not like I'm like a part of some lame gamer org who's like putting out gamer merch and stuff it's like we're doing at least cool stuff and I can I mean maybe it's weird to be like yo check out this it's like yeah we make super niche top 10 videos like you're not going to enjoy them but look at this cool shirt but uh I didn't really, I don't really play that much Melee, to be honest. That's why I I have been lately. The Bender made me want to play a bunch. But so 2016 happens, and at the end of 2016, me and Patty, just being friends for like however long, like over more than 10 years, just like had a, a little falling out, didn't talk for like a few months. So I stopped running the stream. And then I like, Basically, what happened is I started playing Counter-Strike, and I just didn't stop playing Counter-Strike. And I played Counter-Strike for about a year and a half, and I put like 1,500 hours in there. And, and that's then, why you continue to stay interested in Melee, or you'll, you'll no, get no, no, to no. it? Yeah, 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 I'm thinking. <laughs> so then I play that, and then I'm like, oh, okay, my mom's coming back. Or what? Well, my mom was ending. That's what it was. Patty was moving to Denver. So that was one of the first uh, final my moms. Uh, Patty's moving to Denver. Everyone come final my mom. Giant event. Like 100 people or something. It was super rad. And then there are other final my moms. Basically what happened is I stopped playing Melee. And then... I was just doing normal person stuff. I went to college. I still played video games, and I was in touch. I hung out with Patty and all them. Um, Patty's partner, if you will, had like a radio show, and I was on that a couple of times. And I played Melee with my buds 
when we were hanging out because I'm proficient at it and it's a fun thing to do when you're just hanging out and smoking weed and drinking beers, you know? It's sort of that common connection thing where you're not just going to stand around smoking the weed, drinking the alcohol. You're going, I need to do something with my hands other than consume all of this lovely, lovely materials and substances. I should also do something like play video games or something. And Melee's that game, right? Yeah, exactly. Like before, it was Hacky Sack, actually. Me and Patty and our crew used to play Hacky Sack for hours. And we were pretty good. And then we just got into Melee, and now we got into poker for a little bit. But then while you're playing poker, I mean, whoever, like, busts out or doesn't want to play, over there playing Melee. And then, I guess fast forward a little bit. I don't really know how, like, what the timeline of that is, but Patty ends up moving into the closet of the Austin house. I'm sure he talked about that a little bit. Yep, I heard about that closet. About the closet. (laughs) He moves into the closet... They start going to the model all the time, which is a bar nearby, which you've probably heard about, I'm sure. And uh, I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. I'm going to start going to the model. So I start going to the model. And then I'm just in Austin Melee now because of that. That's essentially it. That bar seems to have a lot of special powers of going, you're going to be part of this Alston Melee machine now. It's pretty much official. You just go get drinks and all of a sudden you're making content or contributing to said content in some way. It's a special place. You gotta if you if you're heading to the model, you know, there's a lot I mean, I went a lot. And I mean me and Patty have been friends forever. And I've known uh Shook Shook came to like my mom one. And his brother and me go hiking all the time. And, like, so I hang out with Smashers all the time. But, like, they were just, it's just this bar. And we just bring a crew of Smashers. But all the Boston Smashers are, like, tall and handsome. Which is, that's why they're all famous on TikTok, too. I don't know if that's been discussed on this show. There are famous TikToking people who are also Smash people. Tall, handsome, skinny from Boston. I have not heard about this. Wait, are you being serious? That sounds like all those things you just said sound like you were being so sarcastic. I am. I am being serious. Yes, wow, I actually have no clue because I'm not. On, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> Me either. No, it's so funny that you just said all those things because yeah, there's there's uh, at least two or three tall, handsome smashers from Boston who are famous on TikTok. There's there's Johnny Cags, there's Thunderpaste who produces music for Austin Melee. Johnny Cags is also sort of loosely connected to Austin Melee, but he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't really play that much anymore, just casually. And then Ant. Ant, the, the Samus player. I recognize Thunderpaste, and now that you mention it, I think I saw a tweet where Thunderpaste was going, I just broke this amount of followers on TikTok. It was either 1,000 or 10,000 followers, and I was like, all right, let's go Thunderpaste. That's cool. Thunderpaste goes on TikTok and goes... Hey, come on! And he is. Everyone just loves it. It's it is really funny. <laughs> it's hysterical. But Check yeah, out. since I'm not on TikTok, I would I would have honestly I'd have no clue, no clue whatsoever. But yeah, so basically, I'll tell a little anecdote. Um, me and Patty went to an emo night 
like last October, October of 2019, one of the first bar nights I went out with them. Maybe it was November. Emo night is when you go out to a club. This one had a live band, but mostly they just play um, Fall Out Boy and shit, and then everyone hangs out and sings along to it, and it's a good time. But we showed up, and then immediately in front of us, a, a, a raucous fight broke out. And we were like, oh shit. So I, um, apparently having some bouncer instinct, like grabbed the dude who was fighting. And I was like, hey, like stop fighting. And like we fell on the ground. And then I was like, oh shit, that was a bummer. I don't want to get kicked out. So I went and hid in the crowd a little bit, kind of laid low. And then I went and found Patty. And he was like, dude, this fight broke out in front of me. I totally like, like took this guy to the ground and like held him down. So Alston Melee Bouncer Crew, uh, we will stop any fight at your emo night. That sounds awesome. It, it, I would have never thought. I, th- I just, I just picture it as more of an angsty, sort of upset anger that people would show each other at a gathering such as that. But actual blows coming to blows—that is unexpected on my part, anyway. But I wouldn't know. I haven't been to one. I didn't, it was immediately when we showed up. We showed up and found our spot to stand, and then it happened, like, right then. I was like, oh, god damn it. That's why I went and hid in the crowd, because I didn't want to get kicked out, because I was paid 10 bucks to get in. That's a, that, yeah, that's an investment, just to get in. And then you have to pay for <laughs> drinks or whatever. Oh, yeah. So Yikes. that was basically the beginning of, uh, they were doing the pod then, I think. I don't remember when they started doing the pod, but they had already declared themselves Austin Melee at some point. And I, I'm basically only interested in it because those are my friends and I liked hanging out with them. And then they were like, Hey, I was like, I like doing commentary. I'll help TO stuff. You know, um, the top 10 videos, I have a hand in those because at one point I just had an idea for one and I sent it to a group chat we were all in and they were like, do you want to just like help write them? I was like, yeah, sure. Just because it's just like, you know, I am I feel like I'm almost, maybe Freddy would be, um, do you know the Wu-Tang Clan? I don't know, but I've probably seen the name in the Pichu's back room. <laughs> I always, okay. I always feel like, I always feel like some kind of a meme where I'm just right outside of something really cool happening. I see you, I see Patty, the other people <laughs> in the chat, and I'm just going, I know I'm not allowed in there, but sometimes I just <laughs> want to be in there so badly. <laughs> No, Wu Tang Clan, the the rap group. Right? Oh, so there's. Oh yes. So, okay, sorry. So I went there's on nine t- original members. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yes, I do know that song not. at the very least. So there are nine original members, but then, it seems like maybe the day after they recorded their first album with the nine members, where they multiple times state all of the names of the nine members, they added a tenth member named Capadonna, who's not really like a member of the crew. But he like he just is. He's only in Wu Tang songs, and he sounds exactly like them. And he's from where they're from. But he's just not technically one of the nine Wu Tang Clan guys. That's almost how I feel with Austin Melee. Where like you they have a house. I'm like Capadonna almost, or I'm Capadonna, like Shaheem. I'm like Shaheem or something. Where I'm like I'm like a fringe member, but <laughs> Freddie's probably Capadonna because Freddie's. Uh, 
closer. But yeah, I'm probably like Shaheem or something of the Austin Melee. Where like those four dudes lived in the house and make the podcast. But like I feel like I have a little I have like the same sensibilities and stuff. You feel me? Like, yeah, I'm on the and same you, wavelength you've there. been you've been just there throughout throughout the awesome melee conglomerate and collective all the years where it wasn't always called that and it wasn't always in Austin, but that that core group that you were talking about, it's 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 Ryan, Ted, Mike and Patty, and there's there are more people, like you said, and yourself. It sounded to me when I had Patty on, he credited you as coming up with a lot of ideas and writing or contributing to the writing of the scripts for the top tens, if I recall correctly. So it's very cool that you do that. And you, you, you were basically just going, I have an idea for one that you guys can do. <laughs> and that's all you said. They said, well, just help us write them. And you go, okay, sure. Like that's, <laughs> I, I don't know how often you have been asked to help out with other things or, or, or what have you, but normally, I, I don't know for myself, that feels that just feels like, yeah, you don't need to make it a whole thing. Like I think I make things bigger than they are. You sound like you're just like, um, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. I'm not going to think about it. I'll just help. Yeah, I wanted to. I mean, I liked the top tens, and I was like, this is rad that they're doing it. And I was like, oh, this would be a good top ten video. I had the idea. And then I sent the list with, like, little, like, bullet notes. And they're like, hell yeah, dude, good idea. Like, it is hard. It was... It's just me, Patty, and Ryan doing it. If Patty gave me props for writing ideas, I'll f carry it further and say it's only the funny things. If you ever laugh at anything in those videos, it's my idea, probably. I'll say it. Or the Captain Mike Falcon Allen. edits for cursing, that was your idea? No, that's Patty. <laughs> I don't know why Patty insists on that, but I, I do like it. And also, the more people complain about it, the more he's going to do it. So, like... Stop commenting and bitching about it. <laughs> if I you actually want it to stop. He makes it a, a point. That is a that's a big edit. We have a lot of fun in the writing rooms, but a lot of the edit is uh is de fucking and shit in the the paragraphs. Cuz he's a passionate man. Basically what it is, Patty writes the scripts and that like a like kind of like a like a skeleton. And then we go and fill it in with the good shit and mix around the words and make it make it sound real good <laughs> and they turn out really well so the formula it's awesome i i would say don't don't mess with it too much because it's already a great thing but it evolves i can tell there's just been subtle things from the first few top tens into the ones that are happening now that have changed and they get better and better every time so uh, it's weird for me to say keep on keeping on with it because really I'm not trying to say stick to the same formula or feel forced to change, but whatever is happening, it seems to be very organic. So maybe don't mess with that part, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know. I think that's a big part of the thing that we try to maintain as an awesome melee thing is that we are, I mean, as them for, and I mean, everyone just related basically except for now we did get like toaf and fucking like jackzilla but like i mean he is just a dude and we're all just a bunch of dudes like we do just drink a bunch of pbr and go out to the bars and kind of hang out and like 
kind of bum around and play melee and like throw. I mean, Patty just happens to be like a natural event planner. I'll give a little anecdote that when I was in eighth grade, so that I think Patty would be in ninth grade. He threw like a party in his basement that was like glow sticks and like techno music. It was dubstep when dubstep was getting really big. And everyone had a, it was like a glow stick party. We broke them and threw it everywhere. And it got in a bunch of people's eyes, but everyone was still having fun. And then he was so like amped on that that we were like, oh shit, let's throw a big party in his backyard. So we like planned it on Facebook for like weeks and like he rented a tent and like we had our friend DJing it like an outdoor tent like a big one a party tent for weddings and like we had a whole setup and uh it didn't actually end up being that cool but uh, it was pretty cool I think I got my first kiss that night let's Let's go go. Sean let's go This is you just gave me a weird thought in my head though. What if uh, instead of there being a head-to-head setup on the stage, you're like three feet above and everyone's watching you play melee? What if you have to do your first kiss up there? And that War would be so just, intense. And War Machine is just talk it or get a machine. Excuse me. Sorry. Get a War Machine. Yeah. Get a War Machine is just talking snack. Oh, uh, that would be awful. That would be really intense. That's why I loved it, though, because it was... And then you could talk back to the crowd. But what I was saying with that anecdote is that uh, as time goes on, I think Patty just has it in his blood to be an event planner. So we all just, like, hang out and drink beers and shit and do whatever. They drink way more beer. Me and Ted drink the same amount of beer, even though I weigh significantly more than him. I drink, like, two beers, and I'm, like, good. But... We hang out, play Smash. Patty just happens to love running big, elaborate events. And, like, also, we just know a lot of different people because we're around the scene. We've been around the scene for, like, six years. So you just get to know people. So that's kind of how we... That's how we approach the bender. I'll segue into it. Let's go. Where we try to... We try to keep it like normal and casual of just being like, yo, um, you're someone we know and we think you're cool. So like, do you want to help us with this event? You want to do some comedy? Like we want to pay you. We're going to do all this shit. We're trying to raise money. Like, obviously we're going to pay you. Everything will be cool. We're going to plan it with you and stuff. And that's kind of how we did it. We just like, we literally had, had lists of meetings we were like, okay, we want these people for commentary. Who's closest with them, <laughs> personally? Uh, we had an argument at one point to to invite a high-ranking New York player. And two people had a battle to see who was friends with more mods in New York Melee. And that's how you basically got everybody together, because it was not just one or two extra people in the fold to help with the stream, to help with seating, to help with making everything go buttery smooth. You talking about Patty being an elaborate event planner, with how many events happened, there was not just double elimination bracket for singles. There was so much more happening in that 48-hour span. There was the all of the crew battle stuff, the... 
and the volleyball stuff, the extra content that was overnight, I got to help out with that. And all of the extra commentary people to hop on the mic, it wasn't just a few extra, like it felt like every block was a, a set of new people. And it was really, really cool. The event overall was awesome. But you can go ahead and talk about either your favorite parts or your least favorite parts, things you remember from that event, all that kind of stuff. Well, thank you for one. But I'll get into like the planning of it a little because we really did. I'll shout everybody out. I'll try to remember. So it was me, Patty, Shik Shik, Venti, Wisely, Axis, Frog, Blue Eco, also known as Nathan Cordero. I don't know. That's just his tag is Blue Eco, but he's just he's also just a dude that I know. Um Shifty Badger. JDMH. Save State Juna helped out. Uh Flashburn helped out. Stock Money helped out. Get a war machine a ton. Uh that was the TO team. Um, minus like Juna, Save State, and Flashburn. They weren't on the TO team. But everybody else I listed, we had daily meetings for like <clears throat> like four weeks probably. Where at 6 o'clock every day we would just hop on, you know, kind of game plan. At first it was just like what, you know, I'll say it straight up on the record. I came up with the name Alston Melee Bender. It was my idea. That's, that's a Sean original. Stamp that. <laughs> um, but we would just do daily meetings where oh we want these events like well, how do we fill 48 hours okay we have we want to have this tournament and we want to have doubles and we want to have crews okay how long do those things take about alright we'll try to block those out how much content do we need how long would volleyball take do you think just doing shit like that until we had the full schedule planned out. And then after we had the full schedule planned out, kind of like, basically it was like sculpting it. We had to like blast kind of the rough chunks. And then we kind of, once we had the chunks of what we needed, we just like fine tuned them, made sure everything was, was pretty good. We made sure all the content was recorded and edited. Um, a lot of the salt, everyone said yes, was one of the coolest things. We had so many, like, ambitious ideas for, like, oh, let's do, what if we did giant melee with Dark Gen X? And Dark Gen X was just like, yeah, I have a custom gecko code. I can do it whenever. Like, immediately. We're like, jeez. Like, everyone just said yes. It was so good. You said yes instantly. And we were just like, let's see if we get Pew Pew You. And then Pew Pew You was just like, yeah. (laughs) Can I ask you? How was that? How did you feel? So I was DM'd by the Alston Melee Twitter handle, and so I don't know who that was. I can't tell any of you apart with text yet. I don't have it. It's either Ryan, Patty, or Mike. Yeah, and so Alston Melee Melee says to me (laughs) that we have this Bender thing coming up. Please keep it on the DL. Also, do you want to help out with content? And I said, absolutely. I would be happy to hold on to an interview that I'll I'll just hold on to one and I'll give it to you. And they go, okay, cool. But if we could like get someone, who would you want it to be? And similar to you, Sean, it's like, of course, Mango. But I was yeah. like, okay, read the room, read the room. So 
I said, PPU recently retired and the doubles video was amazing. And I know that really meant a lot to PPU just based off of the tweets and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, somebody's got to interview him, not just for the Austin Melee Bender, not just because of the fact that he's awesome, but because of the retirement angle and the looking back on the entire career, I said, somebody should do it. I mean, it doesn't have to be mean me, but they said, okay, cool. And then a few days later they said, yeah, we got him. I was like, oh, that's insane. I, I was yeah. genuinely not expecting that. That's so awesome to hear. Because basically on our end, what it was is like, we're like, oh, we definitely want to have Cypher do a pod, like Cypher rules. You're going to have them on for sure. And then, uh, like the next day someone was like, oh, uh, we're going to try to get pew pew you. It was like, damn. I mean, we did. I was. I'm joking that we soft retired Pew Pew because we made the video that made him really sad, and then he retired like the next day. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> I, we dropped the video, and he like he like heart reacted, and he was in the chat, and he was like, "Oh, this is amazing." And then like the next day, I woke up, and he was like, "I've retired from Smash." I'm like, "Oh my God, no! What did we do?" <laughs> oh no! But so then, as soon as you brought it up. I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, PPU loves us. I bet we could get PPU. And we just kind of pushed it. And then, I mean, apparently, I think they just messaged him from the official one. And he was like, yeah, for sure. So that's fucking, I was, I was super stoked that we like, because that was one of, that's always one of Patty's things. He put that in a tweet too. I mean, that's a big Austin Melee thing in general too, is I just want to put people on. Because like, even... In the chat, someone was saying that we were, like, the big platform boosting up little people. And, like, that's fucked. Are we? Are you asking me? Sorry. Yeah. Are you the platform that boosts the little people? Yeah. I certainly I certainly think that after the bender, 1,000%. That's so fucked. Because I feel like we need a boost. But at the same time, I'm super, like, <laughs> stoked that, that people feel like that. That's so fucking sweet. Like well, okay, okay. Uh, here's here's the here's here's how I'm thinking about it as well. So, awesome melee is not the premier melee content across the entire melee sphere, right? It's usually the mangos and hungry boxes of the world, even with their stream edit re-uploads onto YouTube, which get like you know fifty thousand, hundred thousand views or whatever. And I think to myself, okay, that's cool, you know top players fine but i look at austin melee to be the true gold standard of what melee content could look like should look like how it feels how it vibes and so i forget exactly when i found out about austin melee it was sometime during quarantine last year it was before five days of melee for sure but it was off of one of the top tens and i immediately got it i not that i could conceptually break it down expertly but i just got whatever that vibe is that secret sauce it's the melee sauce mixed in with all of your passion being poured in as well and i think that part of what the bender did not just giving me the impression and other people the impression of lifting everyone up i i just feel like it was also alston melee lifting itself up as well and saying hey we are here to contribute and we are here to help and we are here to stay. I think that was a really big step up for Austin Melee simultaneously, but not in that way that's really 
like self-serving, you know, taking advantage of different people's ideas or, or, or passion of saying, Hey, I want to help. I want to do this. Like to your point, Patty said, we got to pay everybody. We got to do this. And then tweeting about that as well, making sure that everybody who contributes like is thanked and, and given the time of day. And even me, I, I, I go, I can't really do much. <laughs> I can't do video and you were willing, you and Alston Melee were willing to have a picture of my podcast logo on stream for an hour while I was talking to Pew Pew U. That's wild. That was oh, wild. Yeah, and, it, and it went well. Did you, were you in chat? I was not. I didn't even know. Nobody told me when or if the interview was going to go on. I had no clue <laughs> until I woke oh, up the killed. next day. Have you watched the chat replay? <laughs> oh, well, yes. 1,000% yeah. watched the chat replay. Yes. It killed. If you, there was a bunch of people on it. I watched it. Because, I mean, those were long days. I mean, just fucking at the computer all day running it. But then as I got out and I popped in the shower and had my phone on, like, full blast. Fucking listen to PPU and you go, you go shoot the shit. It was a good interview. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, you don't have to, uh, you know, go into de- Tell me your favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember what he was talking about when I remember, but I can't. I loved, really I loved when we were talking about Austin Melee, though, because... Like he got it too, right? He understood what what Olsen Melee's trying to do with not only just the content side, but also the the community side. Like he gets it too, and that was really cool to hear him talk about how much he loves Olsen Melee. I was like, this is great, this is great, because for the bender, it's just sort of good vibes all around, sort of a deal. I'm super glad that with the one. All right, I'll say the one thing that bums me out about the bender is that. It was so fun as a TO because it 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 really felt like a major. I know that other people are saying that it did have the vibe of a real major, but we need to figure out a way to transfer the experience that I had because the being in the TO chat was it was like 11 or 12 of us and we were just all bouncing around chats. I had to bounce between that room and this room and talk to the commentators and talk to the players. And everything it was like exhausting, but at the end of the day, I was like, "Wow, that really felt like I was just kind of vibing." It's it's a bummer to me that we can't do it in real person, but we got to figure out a way to do it over the computer because that is that's like the crux of melee. That's like the reason why, like Patty and um, Shook Shook and all of them and uh, Cave Lemon and Ted used to always go to majors. And that's just the, you don't really go to the major to try to win the bracket. Like, that's like what I, it's, that's a thing that I try to explain, bringing it back to that I flex it on people, that I play video games and do all that shit. Cause like, it's not, I always compare it to shooting basketball at the rec center where like, yeah, I can go have a super fine tuned three point shot, but like, I don't want to hang out with the dudes that play basketball. It's a bunch of old sweaty guys. I want to, so I'll fine tune my fucking wave dashes and whatever, my float cancel nares, and go hang out with the gamers and smoke bong in the parking lot. Uh, Shout out to BKB. That's another crew that I'm in. (laughs) Let's go BKB. BKB. Oh, man. A BKB dub is how I would describe that. But, yeah, getting back to it, that's we need to find a way for the crowd to hang out 
the same way that everyone was hanging out in a voice channel, maybe in chat. If anybody has any suggestions listening, let us know. We need we're, we need to find a way to let everyone chill because that's the vibe that we really just want. I mean, I hate that I just said vibe so many times, but that's like the point. The whole point of my mom was you go, whatever. I went two and two for like a year straight. I don't care. I just went to hang out and then we always played mafia after in the building until like 2, 3 a.m. Or like out in the park. We go play mafia. Like, just hang out, play friendlies, watch money matches, cheer, do commentary. Like, that's what's good about tournaments. It's not just going and, like, playing some matches and, like, trying real hard to win and stuff. Obviously, you want to try hard to win and do your thing if you really want to, if that's your pursuit. But, like, tournaments are more, it's more like a, a cookout or something. You just go to hang out, you bounce around setups, you talk to your homies, you see everybody. Maybe you pop on commentary a little bit. You play the crew battle. You know, you kind of just... And then hang out after. Play whatever games they're playing. Watch whatever content's kind of going on late night. Like, that is the Austin Melee thing. That is the only thing that... I mean, to me, that's like the Melee scene. To me. You know? They're all into freestyling. I don't freestyle too much. But that's another big part of it. If you're freestyling outside the venue... Like, that's a good tournament. I don't know if I would be super comfortable freestyling, but in general, what you're talking talking about sounds really awesome, and it captures the idea that a lot of people talk about where they're going, what's missing from these online events where the competition is better than ever. A lot of people get great practice thanks to rollback net play and there's even ladder events so it's not just all copy and paste double elim you have all kinds of different events but then a lot of people say something's still missing and of course it's the in-person it's the in-person element that's missing and when you were talking about going the the 10 person to chat of just talking around messing around but also addressing issues and making sure everything runs smoothly i think i vaguely heard about that at some point in one of the in one of the pot well i guess it would have been the podcast after the event was over the celebration podcast if you will for alston melee just kind of quickly running over the event as a whole afterwards and somebody said at some point to chat was really fun and i think that maybe i don't know how possible this is magic of technology right but what if there were just 10 person 12 person limited voice channel chats for events if if it's an event like tmt or the next austin melee bender no pressure no pressure but what if there were what if there were just like a limited amount of different discord users that could be in a voice chat not really saying hey you have to be this that or the other to be in the chat it's just that it's purely limited to a certain amount of people that's the first thing I thought of, but that's really not even half-baked. It's just dough of an idea. <laughs> we, I mean, we've obviously thought of that. The weird, we've had, I mean, we've been talking about it every time. We did a little post-mortem meeting and that came up and we talked about it. Um, we have ideas in the works, I will say. Maybe not what some people expect, but in a good way. It's still melee. You know what I mean? It's still good melee shit. 
but just in a different way. I think people should um, trust Alston Melee on the different idea approach because there were a few doubters on this event, I will say. Not as in people saying you can't pull this off or or what have you, because I don't think it was necessarily that. I think there was just question marks about the region locking in particular. That's what I saw the most pushback on, but it was just the idea of, hey, look, there are a lot of events, and you get to go to a lot of them. You just don't get to go to this one. We hope you tune in. And the point of all that is maybe this next event that Austin Melee runs, and I keep saying next, I'm not <laughs> not associated, so really you can push back on that as to when or if that happens. But the idea being we're going to do something that's a little bit different than how everybody else does that, and that's okay. You're just going to have to square up with that. If you want to do it your way, maybe you could just, I don't know, run your own event. I mean, hello. Yeah, I mean, that's like the essence of TOing. Like, there isn't... Patty didn't study events before he started my mom. We just literally did it by ear. You just run an event, and then you go... And you go to a few other events, and you go, Hey, what would be cool? Like, what, what is this tournament missing that would make it better? And then you add those things. And then you just kind of learn... I mean, that was six years ago that we started that tournament. So you kind of learn, Oh, these are the things that I want this tournament to have. Like, this is what makes them good. So, like, it's just sort of, I don't know, it's like the special, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. But yeah. So I hope that whatever whatever it ends up being for Alston Melee in the future, that everybody will be able to get more and more supportive around that idea. Maybe it's not going to be 280 whatever thousand subs that Ludwig just accomplished the other day, but it's going to be something really cool because there's drive behind it, there's passion behind it, and determination. I think those all, all those three of those words are basically the same thing. I meant to say different things, but you get it. And I'm excited to see whatever the next thing is. Hopefully, I'll be able to help do the little contributing thing, just the, the little tiny piece. Always, always happy to help. I will say, uh, Ludwig went to my mom. That's a fact. Ooh, let's go. Oh, right, because New Hampshire. Went to my mom, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't famous. Was just a guy. I didn't even know who he was, but he went to my mom. So I was confused when everyone was like, yo, Ludwig, is that guy that we know. I was like, I don't know that guy. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they all knew him. <laughs> what the fuck? God damn it. I'm getting nothing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you're, uh, you're not the only person who, uh, yeah, you get it. You're not the only person but, who's, who's in but that no. boat. Oh, man. We definitely have some shit down the, down the pipe that'll be good. We have some good top tens in the in the works, I'm sure. I mean, I, we didn't hit the full documentary goal, I don't think, but I still want to do that. So, like, I don't think that should be held back by a dono goal. Why not a full melee doc? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I I have a suggestion on what that is, but we'll just we'll just save that for off the record. We'll save it for off the record. <laughs> oh, we have there are so many good stories. We've come across so many really good stories doing the top ten research. That's kind of, I think the last video was the best one so far. I hate that how cliche that is, but I sincerely think the last video we released is the best one, the cruise one, where um, uh, the story of um. I can't. It's something prime. 
Cash Prime. Yeah, Cash Prime. And his like brothers, and then he passed away. And then there's a bunch like the whole story behind it, and the way that we did it. It just it came out so good, and it was just so nice. And I, like we were reading it, we do the read through, and then we uh, or like we write the whole script, and then we kind of read through it and make sure that there's no like just grammatical fuck ups. Like we'll read the sentence and be like, dude, you say. We say about six times in this one sentence. We gotta take one of those out. <laughs> but at the end, we read through it all the way, and when we got to the Kish Prime part. I'm like, dude, like they're gonna show their mom this. Like this is just really nice. This is just a nice thing that we wrote about this this man, you know. So like, I think there's a lot of room for us to explore there, kind of like in a in a good way. To try to... The personalities of Melee. Because they are, like, I mean... A bunch of gamers, but, like... I don't know. I feel like the game attracts a certain kind of people... Person. That, like, a lot of people who play Melee have interesting lives. Or, like, have other... You know, they're not just, like, random gamers that just sit and play League all day. Like, they're, like, real people with real stuff going on. And they also play Melee. Whatever that ends up being. And maybe it's not so much being blocked by a dono goal so much as it just has to be kicked down the road a little bit further. But you're going to get there. And I'm excited to see whatever it ends up being. To finish up, do you want to tell me and the people where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's Shoopies with an extra S on the end. Because... Uh, the original Shoopies got banned for... I changed my birthday one day. I was just laying in bed. And I was like, oh, my birthday's off. So I changed the birthday to my real birthday. And it went... Like, you created this account when you were 11. This account is now permanently banned. <laughs> so I had to... I had to I'm double S Shoopies. Shoopies with one S on the end. And I'm just Shoopies everywhere else. With just the one S and not an yeah. extra S. S-H-U-P-Y-S on Instagram, on Twitch. Actually, I don't stream. On uh, LinkedIn, probably. Literally on anything. If, I'll be if sure there's to include thing... the, the Twitter one at the very least. But I think I'll also be including the Austin Melee links for sure. Yeah, find all the stuff that I also do on Austin Melee. If there's something hilarious in the video, let's say that I wrote it. As I, I don't know, there's a chance I did. Decent shot. Um, watch the Austin Melee videos. Check out all of Cypher's other interviews. Watch the pre-recorded content that I'm going to upload because I did a game show with LSD that aired at 6 in the morning. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have any other shout-outs. I think I'm good as well. Although, I should say, long live Melee, long live Austin Melee. Let's go. Hell yeah, R.I.P. my mom, R.I.P. Habs, R.I.P. Wass, crews are dead, Austin Melee forever. BKB also. BKB forever, yes, thank you. I cannot <laughs> forget the Big Kush boys, the Burger King burgers. We were smoking weed in the parking lot near you as soon as we can go to real life tournaments. See you there. 
And thank you so much for joining me here on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Thank you so much, Sean. All right. Thank you for having me. Did anyone ever tell you you have um, a little hint of Ariel Helwani? Ariel who what now? Oh, let's go. You don't know Ariel Helwani? Please educate me. Please educate me and the people while we're still recording. Ariel Helwani is an MMA journalist who is divisive, to say the least. He asks prodding questions. He often is accused of instigating fights. He once broke news early before Dana White, the uh, like commissioner or whatever of the UFC, was going to announce a big fight. Ariel Helwani tweeted about it a few hours before and undercut him. Was banned for life. Cried about it on a stream. Was unbanned the next day. Uh, I like Ariel Helwani. I think he's a great interviewer. He asks the questions that people want to be asked. But he's divisive. But it's only in your cadence. And the way that you are very careful in the way that you interview. Not one time did you uh, explicitly express a belief that you didn't feel okay about. You know what I mean? You were able to pick up on that so well, despite the fact that you are not... You have a lot of mental function right now. I got to give you so much credit. But I think that when i when i talk to people and i interview people that i'm trying not to let on that i'm really trying to defer to them and do all that kind of stuff but you picked on that up on that so quickly so kudos to you oh no i liked it i liked that you're uh i can't remember what you said early but you said you said something and then you went i'm not saying one way or another or something and i was like oh fuck i haven't qualified a single thing i've said everything i've said has been 100% from the heart oh no i like it though it's you're it's you're a good interviewer man let it be known that shoopy's from the heart sean from the heart said i was a good interviewer and possibly divisive but that's okay sean thank you so much for being with us (laughs) all right thank you for having me why is it so quiet oh right transition so how did i do i had no idea how to talk to sean as soon as he said I am allegedly on vitamins right now. (laughs) I was not prepared for this. And I think that as you listen to the whole interview, which thank you for listening and thank you for sticking with me still, as you listen, you just hear me go, oh, crap. Okay, so I should probably, ooh, should I even change what I'm doing? So far, so good. Sean and I have been having a great conversation. I was really overthinking it, and I think I let that get to me for a little while, and eventually I, I think I let it go, and it all smoothed out again. But that threw me in for a loop. I was very surprised. And it's not because I don't expect people to just be 100% sober all the time and everything. After we were done recording, I said to Sean, I hope you didn't feel like I was being rude or anything about the fact that you were allegedly on vitamins. And Sean said, oh, no, it's not a big deal. And I said, you wouldn't have done that unless you felt comfortable doing so. I'm not upset at all. So, again, I hope I wasn't insulting. Hope that you didn't feel I'm hoping that you felt that you were still welcome and that you (laughs) weren't being like all judged upon and stuff. Here's the thing, though. I don't, since I do not partake in the smoking or consuming of materials and substances such as marijuana or other narcotics, 
I am just not around it a whole lot because if you don't consume it on a regular basis or at all, like myself, then you're not going to be around it a lot and you just don't, you just don't prepare for it mentally speaking. But really, as long as you're doing it safely and also the people around you are safe, I mean, what's the, what's, what's, what's the big deal? I don't want to make it a whole thing of should you or should you not. The point is, is that we still had an amicable, conver- oh boy, an amicable conversation, getting along great, getting some great tangents about Austin Melee and about Sean's life and about how awesome he is on commentary. These are all, these are all great things. So <laughs> if you sensed my surprise, that's what that was. I was indeed surprised. I was not ready. <laughs> So it was really, really fun though to talk to Sean. Hopefully, we could get the, we could get Sean back on someday and laugh about it all over again. And we got some more fun stuff coming up. I seem to be accumulating people who have either indicated interest in coming on. They've reached out to me, or I guess people come back or circle back around and say yeah I'll do it I don't think it's necessarily because they noticed that I got a few likes on a Twitter post but it's just because sometimes it takes a little while for people to get back to you and that's okay so no worries I don't think I have anything else one more thing I recorded all this stuff way in advance of when you're listening it on April 17th, Saturday, I did this Thursday, nope, Friday morning at 12.01 a.m. I was like, I do not want to have this hanging over my head, so I'm just going to finish it all and upload it as a draft, not not push it out officially, but I will schedule the release of it. Five head. <laughs> Why work on a weekend? <laughs> Although I shouldn't really call it work. It's creation and editing yeah okay no it's work i'm not being paid to do it obviously i'm still not being paid to do this but as a passion project it still involves doing work and stuff and i'm having a blast doing it so don't worry in that regard but i view it as work as well which is actually a good motivator for me because i really enjoy working and I feel motivated to do my work well. So me saying that it's work-related somehow is actually helping me. Maybe you are hearing it and going, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. But no, really, I promise. I love it. So that's my mentality. So if you're still listening, now you kind of know how I look at the podcast. It's very much fun. And in order to stay motivated and disciplined to continue to edit and push it out, all that fun stuff, I view it as work. So there you have it. I hope you enjoy your Saturday. Today's a big day. FPS 5, Frame Perfect Series 5, is going to be run today on twitch.tv slash Mew2King. And then tomorrow on Sunday, April 18th, on twitch.tv slash bts smash is where you can find all the wonderful division one and division two matches as well as the qualifier winners from fps5 going against division two relegation losers to potentially shake that up it's all kinds of excitement but now i'm done talking and it's time to finish up for the day and i'll catch you on the next episode of bottom of the smash mountain